This podcast covers true crime cases that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. All right, we're ready? Yes. Okay. Hey, Emily. Hey, Katie. And hello, lovely listeners. Welcome back to Malice and Mocktails. And um, by the time that you listen to this, we will actually be in California Woohoo! our vacation. We've, I think we've talked about it uh, a I couple so. of episodes. Yeah. And um, uh, this case that I'm going to talk about is actually set in California. It's in it's in Los Angeles, and we're going to be in Northern California near San Mateo and that area. So um, we might try to do some uh, live Instagram or TikTok, maybe, depending on if we have yeah. time. Or we might and how the weather cooperates. And yeah. Yes, but we're super, super excited. We're going to go, um, we fly into San Francisco actually this coming. So we're recording on the 26th of mm-hmm. February and um, we head out this coming Friday morning and <clears throat> uh, we'll be up in the San Francisco area and then we're going to drive south to San Mateo and we'll be there for about a week, I think. That week. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, near uh, Hearst Castle, actually at Hearst Castle, helping our stepdad's uh, colleagues with uh, training. Um, but it's technically a vacation for us. So uh-huh. we are super excited. I think we both really, both and Harold really need this vacation. Yes. So anywho, um, so yeah, just stay tuned and we might hopefully have some content for you. But uh, if not, don't worry. We'll take tons of pictures and I'm sure share about it later when we get back. Mm -hmm. Um, So today I'm going to tell you guys about the case of Chloe Davis. Was she a victim or a cold-blooded killer? Mm. So I am taking you guys back. Like I said, we're going to be in Los Angeles in the 1940. And at that time, LA had a population of about one and a half million people. And among this massive number of people were the Davises, Frank Barton, and he he went by Barton, his wife, Lolita, and their four kids, Chloe, age 11, Daphne, age 10, Deborah Ann, age 7, and little Marquise, age, I think he was about two or three census records and newspapers were a little bit, they weren't always clear, but I think he was around two or three years old at the time. And the Davis family was originally from Illinois. Uh, Barton worked most of his life as a grocer, and Lolita was a housewife. The two married in December of 1926 in Michigan. And Barton's residence on the marriage license shows that he was already living in L.A. at the time. And then census records indicate that the pair and their three daughters um, were living in L.A. in 1930. So little Marquise wasn't born yet at that time. So our, this case takes place on Thursday, April 4th, 1940, around 6.50 a.m. 
Barton heads out the door of their adorable house located at, um, in, I'm sorry, they were in uh, Southwest LA at 1211 West 58th Place. And I looked on, like on Google, there is a house there. I just don't know if it's the same house, but um, either way, it looks very cute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so his wife, Lolita, and the kids are still asleep when he leaves. Sometime between the, about this like 6.50, 7 o'clock period and about 9 or 9.30. So it's like a two-ish hour window. Lolita wakes up, grabs a claw hammer from somewhere in the house, and proceeds to attack her babies. Oh. Daphne and Marquise are attacked in the kitchen, and Deborah Ann was attacked in the bathroom, suffering massive head trauma from the hammer. And Lolita then attempts to kill Chloe striking her in the head with the hammer and tries to set her on fire, apparently. Oh, my God. Lolita apparently had pulled, after all this, she pulls a mattress out of one of the bedrooms into a hallway and tries to set herself on fire. Oh, my God. She then orders Chloe to hit her, Lolita, in the head with the hammer until she stops breathing. Oh. Chloe then... She is simply following her mother's demands, takes the hammer, and proceeds to hit little Marquise in the head until he's dead. So Chloe, to recap, Chloe has killed her mother. And, uh -huh. and her little brother. Her little brother. Okay. And I think the mattress was still on fire at this point and is, like, creating a ton of smoke, which ends up pouring out the windows Chloe observes what has just transpired. She changes her clothes and goes to the neighboring house to call her father. Uh-huh. Barton, of course, like rushes home. And by this time, I think the police and fire department are, are there to assist. Um, thoughts so far? Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I can't. I have, I have no thoughts. Okay. Uh, well, okay. Actually, I do have some thoughts. Okay. Um, could Chloe have been the mastermind behind this whole thing? And that is just what she's saying is happening when Chloe, in fact, attacked everyone. Okay. So yeah, you're, you're, you're jumping a little ahead, but that's okay. <laughs> you know no, me. I know, but it's, it's okay. I asked the question. Okay. Um, Okay, so to your point, um, the narrative that I just shared with you, I pieced it together from newspaper reports, and it is the story that Chloe would later tell detectives when questioned. Of course. And that the, the reporters gathered. Lolita, sadly, may have been suffering from some sort of mental distress or yeah. mental illness. Sounds Barton, like it. Yeah, Barton would tell police that she had been very nervous recently and really worried about her health. She suffered from anemia and had been taking uh, iron shots. And oh. the, the day before, she'd actually gone to the doctor for one of these shots and afterwards, you know, felt better because your body's getting what you need. Mm -hmm. uh, so anemia 
if you don't know, it's a condition that causes the body to lack enough healthy red blood cells to carry oxygen to your body's tissues. And it can make you feel, feel really weak and tired. So just like super lethargic, you don't wanna do anything. And this description of Lolita's condition makes me think that she actually suffered from iron deficiency anemia. And there are several forms according to the Mayo Clinic. Um, but it can be easily treated by just increasing iron in your diet or with supplements. Um, so I think potentially that's specifically what she may have been suffering from. Mm -hmm. um, so Chloe, little 11-year-old Chloe, who is only a sixth grader, was simply following her mom's request, right? Right, of course. Um, or was she? <laughs> or was she? So despite this, Chloe is immediately a suspect um, and does in fact admit to killing her mother and brother at the direction of her mother, but mm -hmm. denies killing her sisters. She like adamantly is like, no, I didn't do, I didn't do that. My mom did that. Okay. Um, an autopsy was quickly performed on Lolita and it was ruled that she did not die from blunt head trauma, but from a loss of blood from cuts to her wrists. Oh. Remember, she she has anemia, and uh -huh. if it was in any way acute or otherwise severe, I mean, rapid blood loss can be fatal. In yeah. Um, so that's going to be like extra fatal, <laughs> extra fatal for her. Yeah. And Chloe tells the cops that the razor blade was apparently requested by Lolita and she made Chloe bring it to her so she could cut her wrists. Mm -hmm. And again, Chloe is, they're, they're like, uh-huh. Yeah, uh -huh. sure. Okay. This is becoming less and less like, plausible. Um, and so Chloe ends up being held in a juvenile facility on suspicion of murder. Yeah. And this little girl isn't here. She's 11, remember. Like, right. I don't, I'm trying to remember, like, when I was reading newspapers and, and what the reporters were, um, were telling, I'm trying to remember, like, what I was like at age 11. And it was hard for me because, I, I mean, that's a long time ago. <laughs> um, I was wearing purple pleather pants matched with... Um, leopard print tops at 11 so wow. i you know i might have been too i don't know i might have been wearing great fashion pants. just say yes but just like in in your mannerisms how you would right. act with authority figures things like that definitely and, not uh, yeah um so chloe was interrogated and apparently according to a few newspapers she asked for bottled beer and lemon pie. And Ew. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like they didn't specify if it was like root beer or like actual alcohol beer. Yeah. <laughs> but she just, she was portrayed as being so arrogant to the, and just cool, calm, collected, very stoic, like hardly any emotion. And um, one newspaper said that she referred to her father as quite nuts. 
and her anemic mother as a believer in demons. Oh. Yeah. And a police psychiatrist would evaluate Chloe and described her as the, quote, cruelest, blooded, coolest individual I ever met, end quote. Oh. And he would tell reporters that her actions on the day of the murders were those of a very abnormal child. He would go on to say that any normal child would likely have screamed and fled the house after waking up to find their siblings dead on the kitchen floor and their mom in a demented state. You I mean, would think. Especially if your mom's trying to attack you. Yeah. You're going to try to run away, right? Right. Again, you're 11. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. But she was very, like I said, she was stoic, emotionless, and like just kind of appeared to be something of a sociopath. Again, oh this is all just coming from how the reporters portrayed her. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be unfair, but I don't have a lot of information to go on. Right. And um, one psychiatrist also would say that she had above average intelligence and acted like a girl of 15 or 16. Chloe is questioned repeatedly by authorities. And one of the detectives, uh, Captain Edwards, begins to put together a very different story. Initially, he concludes that Chloe woke up while her mother was still in bed. Her siblings were up and playing at the time, and Chloe went into the kitchen where Daphne and Marquise were playing, fatally beat them with the hammer. Her mom ends up waking up, and they meet in the hallway where she's maybe on her way to kill, where Chloe's on her way to go kill the mom. Mm -hmm. Somehow overpowers her, striking her with the hammer, beating her to death. And Chloe's hands were also very blistered, allegedly from extensive use of the hammer. Oh, my gosh. Um, so after she kills her mother, Chloe goes into the bathroom where Deborah Ann is at and kills her. And in an <coughs> attempt, <clears throat> excuse me, in an attempt to disguise the murders, Chloe tries to burn her mama's body. And oh. she must have probably drugged the mattress from a daybed in her mom's bedroom, placed her mom's body on the mattress, and starts this fire. Now, okay, again, 11-year-old child, she's maybe 70, 80 pounds, if that. I think mm -hmm. that might be on the heavy side. Um, so I don't know if she did all of that, but I do think it's plausible just given the information that we know um i mean she probably intended to burn the entire house down to like cover yeah. all of it up if yeah. she did indeed do it but that failed she also changes her clothes uh ponders her story for about an hour before calling her father and then when barton comes he asks her what's wrong and she super calmly tells him to go into the kitchen and look Oh, which go look like you know, assuming she could have been in shock. That, yes, that's exactly what I was going to say because we don't know how we're going to act in these situations until it happens, right? Um, so Chloe, um, herself had suffered a head wound because her mom did, did well, yes, yeah, so. In one, in one version, the mom may have fought back, or in the other, 
actually, let me back up a little bit. Um, so the police thought that this was either inflicted during a struggle between her and her mom mm -hmm. or self-inflicted as part of this cover-up. Because oh. it was kind of like a superficial wound. It wasn't um, very extensive. Okay. I mean, they... Hello? There you are. Oh, no. Well, hopefully that all of what we already recorded saved. <laughs> yes. Um, so let I'll keep going. And then okay. um, if anything, we can just do, we can just start over. Okay. Hopefully not. Um, okay. So what you had said something. And so the psychiatrist thought that she was suffering from what was called Electra complex. Okay. And I had to look this up, but the tragedy of Electra comes from Greek mythology and Electra basically drives her brother to take vengeance on their mother because she thought the mother was unfaithful to their father. Oh. <clears throat> in, so in Freudian psychology, of course, of course. Um, this term is used to describe a person who's jealous of one parent for the love and attention of the other parent. It's, basi it's basically the female version of the Oedipus complex. You know what oh is. yeah, 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 yeah. Where the son is in love with the mother. Uh, yeah, to to an extent. Um, so yeah, so in this instance, Chloe may have been jealous of the affection her father showed her mother. Maybe I hmm. don't know. Hmm. So um, a few days later, on April tenth, a coroner's jury basically clears Chloe of any guilt of killing her siblings and her mother intentionally. Um, the verdict uh, said in part, quote, the jury doubts if the blows inflicted at the mother's direction by Chloe Davis had any real effect in causing the death of the three-year-old Marquise Davis. The jury found that Lolita died by her own hand after slaying Deborah Ann and Daphne. And like this part is kind of bonkers to me. So the newspapers also reported that Barton, the dad, mm -hmm. test testified and shared with the jury that Lolita had asked him the night before, where would you hit someone if you wanted to kill them? Oh, now. This part, and again, I don't know if he was, it just maybe he forgot that she said it and didn't tell the police at the time, but it seems super suspicious to me. Like, what if he's trying to cover up what his daughter did? Oh my gosh. And just the doesn't want- His last family member. I guess, and he doesn't want her going away. She'd probably go to, she wouldn't go to prison. She'd go to probably some juvenile detention center, maybe. I don't know, for murdering several people, you should probably go to prison no matter how old you are. Well, agreed. Um, but either way, she was never charged with the murder of her mother or siblings and went on to live her life. Wow. Yeah. Did she um, murder other people? I I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, oh, my gosh findagrave.com suggests that Chloe did go on to get married um, and she died in 1987 at the age of 58. 
Uh, also said that she grew up to be a talented artist and fencer. Wow. Yes. And her father, Barton, uh, he passed away in February of 1956 in Ohio. And I think he at some point remarried um, a woman named Lucille, but I couldn't find the marriage document. So I don't know like how long after Lolita passed away that he did that. Um, not that that matters, but wow, it just, it's all, I don't, I don't know. Like to me, again, like the way the evidence, at least gathering it from the newspapers and how, how that story is related, like, um, told it, uh, I think either, either version is plausible whether she just decided to kill her family or the mom really was unstable um, and you're just trying to obey what your mom is telling you, but I don't know. That is, that is true. Either way is plausible because we've, we've seen, I mean, throughout history, we've seen multiple cases of, of mothers, having some kind of break and killing their kids and themselves. Mm -hmm. So that is, that is, that is a thing that happens. Yeah. Good Lord. And, and that would, that would cause an 11 year old to go into extreme shock. I would think depending oh. on their fight or flight. Yeah. I, I would think that that would put you into extreme shock. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And I would assume that the mother is already unhinged prior to this. Um, so the kids are probably used to mom being unhinged and just doing whatever mom tells them to do. Well, but there was also no other than what, you know, Barton was saying about her feeling unwell and like paranoid about her health. Other families, like when they lived in Illinois, um, uh -huh. You know, everyone liked them. Like, they were very average family, you know, nothing amiss. But again, you know, what you, what you, um, what you see versus what you show to the outside might be different than what's actually happening. Yeah. Ugh. She, yeah, she could have been emotionally and psychologically abusing the kids up until this point to the point where the kids would just do whatever she said in order to uh, appease her, keep her calm. Mm -hmm. Oh my yeah. gosh. Or, well, I mean, how, also, how do you create it? How does a sociopath be created from nothing? Sociopaths and psychopaths uh, usually are created. I can't remember. There's a podcast uh, I used to listen to. I can't. Ugh. I mean, yeah, sometimes they're born, but I feel like usually they're created. They're made. Yeah. And I'm mad. I can't think of that. It's on the tip of my tongue. Um, mm -hmm. ah, either way, um, I remember the host um, who is a former FBI profiler. She oh. Was, she 
had explained um, the difference between a sociopath and psychopath, and now I cannot remember. Oh, like, yeah. Like, one of them, one of it, you're born this way, and one of them, you, um, I think that you're, it's like nature versus nurture, I think. Um, okay. And now, ugh, maybe the, Maybe the sociopath is the, is the born, because they, like, have no empathy or something like that. Maybe. I don't remember. We'll look it up. We'll look it up for next time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I think that was kind of a quick, a quick episode. Oh, yeah. That was super quick. Uh, but, yeah, really sad. Yeah. Really that's sad. insane. Killed the whole family in one, in one day. One go. Mm-hmm. Bye, Dad. Love you. And then out the door and then boom, everybody's dead. Yeah, I mean, how ugh. the like, poor dad. Yes, the yes, yes, and then coming I mean, to your wife and children mm-hmm. slaughtered. God, I can't even imagine the shock he he would have been in. No, no, ugh. Mm. So, uh, I guess on a, on a happier note, uh, mocktail. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) And if you're anything like me, it's going to have something to do with um, fire whiskey or fireball or something like that. Um, No. (laughs) No. Um, I think we share the same sense of humor, but I sometimes I'll think about like trying to pair it with whatever case we've got. But a lot of times it's just like, what am I... What did I stumble across? Oh, okay. Okay. That's so, fair. Yeah. That's fair. So um, this week's mocktail comes from Mocktail Mom, Ooh. a.k.a. Deb. And you can find her on Instagram and TikTok at uh, Mocktail Mom. Actually, here, hold on. Let me. Deb. So um, it's on Instagram. She's Mocktail.Mom. Oh, Okay. And I think on TikTok, it's the same. Um, but you can, if you go to Instagram, I think her TikTok is linked um, in her link tree. But I, I absolutely love her. And she also has a Facebook group where you can talk about all things mocktails, sobriety, etc. Um, oh, she also has a podcast that I've started <gasps> listening to. Fine. It is called Thriving Alcohol Free with Mocktail Mom. And I will link that in the show notes uh, along with her info. She kind of reminds me of of our mom a little bit. Oh, yay. Um, She's got a really cute, like, pixie short um, haircut. Um, But she's, uh, like, kind of blondish, not redhead. Um, But I just, I love her energy. And, yes. Um, okay, so this mocktail recipe is actually pinned on her Instagram page. I think it's like the very first one. And it's called um, the Made in Scotland Mocktail. Ooh. And it sounds so good and kind of fancy. And here is uh, the recipe per her Instagram post. So your ingredients, you're going to grab some cucumbers. Um, I would say like get a maybe small cucumber or you cut your cucumber in half and just a few, um, like slice it, a couple of mint leaves, um, specifically the Highland malt from Liars, which is an alcohol, it's a, uh, alcohol-free spirit company. 
simple syrup, lime juice, and ice. Mm. And you're going to grab your shaker if you have one. Um, if not, just grab a like a glass or a sturdy cup. Throw in your cucumber slices. And she uses, like, I think she uses two. And then you muddle those with uh, four mint leaves. If you don't have a fancy muddler, that's okay. Um, you might be able to use like a fork or something. So like just basically the goal is to just mash them up a little bit. Because um, what you're- I use, I use a spoon. I use one of okay. my big spoons. Um, and if, if you're on TikTok like me, you know the big spoon, small spoon debate. I have both. I use the big spoons for um, mashing. Muddling. Okay. Yeah. Because basically what muddling is going to do is release the, like the juices and the essence of the cucumbers and the mint. So improvise if you need to, at least from my perspective. <laughs> yeah. And once you've muddled all the things, you then add in one and a half ounces of the Highland malt, a half ounce of the simple syrup and three quarter ounces of lime juice. Um, I would say maybe like the juice of half a small lime to get this amount or do whatever you want. Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> there are no <laughs> rules, no rules. Um, this is the Thunderdome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to add a top to your glass or shaker and give it a shaky shake. And then you're going to strain that mixture into your favorite vessel um, with ice and enjoy. Yeah. And um, simple syrup, if you don't know, it's made by just combining water and sugar, usually in a, salt, a small saucepan, and you heat it gradually until the sugar dissolves. And oh my it, gosh, it'll it thicken froze. up a little bit. Uh, yeah. I, I, thought, I thought simple syrup was like really difficult to make. It's literally one-to-one -one salt and sugar. No, water and sugar. And uh, sorry, not salt and sugar. <laughs> Water and sugar. Don't don't do salt and sugar. Don't do salt and sugar. That's gonna be gross. Um, water and sugar, and you just heat it gently until all of the sugar, not salt. God, I got salt on the brain today. Um, until all the sugar dissolves. Boom done. Boom done. That's it. That's literally it. It's just water and sugar. Yes. Boom done. And Oh my God. Hold on a second. My dogs are going bananas. I don't, can you hear them? Yes. They okay. are very upset right now. All right. Let's, let's pause for just a moment. Um, stand by everybody. Atlas. Kevin. Atlas, Kevin. Where's my Kevin? He's wandering around. There's probably people walking by with dogs or there's oh, somebody yeah. on a bike or there's a deer or there's nobody and they they think they see something. <laughs> they are just. Do, if the, if the dogs start, if, if like a whole family of deer start coming like near your property and the dogs mm -hmm. start barking, do the deer just ignore the dogs or do they walk away? Oh, they don't give a fuck. They're, they're like, um, excuse me, why are you barking at me? They they're just usually, like, they, yeah, they ignore them. Oh, yeah, pretty much. That's um, so funny. But they typically, the deer, um, there's a few buck that hang around our neighborhood. Um, but mostly uh, there's doe and some like babies. Um, I wish we much. had deer. Uh, wait, they're, God, they're everywhere. They're probably a pain when you're driving. Hang but... on, the puppy wants in. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> dog, dog barking is done for now. 
simple syrup. Okay. Simple syrup. Um, yeah. So, so yes. It's, so pretty, it is pretty, truly simple. Yes. Um, so you want to let it cool completely before you store it. Um, I usually put mine in just like a glass, like a mason jar or other glass jar, whatever you've got, I think it's probably fine. And then pop that bad boy in the fridge, let it cool down. Um, I think most tend to keep for like about a week, maybe a little more. Um, at least that that's what I've noticed. Um, but I think I might have been in like the fridge for like a month and it's still fine. Um, so oh. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and if you don't have the Liars Highland malt, um, I would say you can probably use any whiskey alternative, maybe. I encourage you to get creative and remember this is your sober journey or sober curious, whatever it is you're doing, because you don't have to be, quote, sober to not want to drink alcohol. Yeah. Um, if you don't have all of the ingredients, again, that's okay. And I honestly don't want that to discourage you. Sparkling water is amazing and can be dressed up too. Um, so basically what I'm trying to say is all of us, including Mocktail Mom, are here to support you because you're badass. Yes. Um, sorry, that was a tangent. Um, no judgment. We were just talking about that before we hit the record button. Everybody's journey is their own journey and yeah. there is no judgment. And like the great RuPaul says, if them bitches ain't paying your bills, you'd pay them no mind. I love RuPaul. I love him. <laughs> um, I was watching an episode of The Simpsons the other night and mm -hmm. RuPaul was a guest voice. Oh my God. Um, it was the one where Marge is, she ends up selling Tupperware. <laughs> and she, uh, I can't think of the, the character's name, but he's, he's a hairdresser and he happens to be gay. Uh, Hank Azaria voices him. And he was like, Marge, like you can have, I'll host a party where you can come sell your Tupperware. And he gives her like a dress and she basically dresses up to, to showcase, you know, to be, be look professional looking. Okay. And all of the, um, the men that are there. Um, so all, all the men that go there happen to be gay men. Um, coming to his party, they all think that she's a drag queen. <gasps> <laughs> I was going to say because she's so tall, but it's really just her hair that's tall. Yes, <laughs> and so um, so basically, she she ends up pretend like owning it and pretending to be a drag queen. Oh my god! I, I think Homer calls her out, and she gets <gasps> upset because she's like, you know, this was like the one thing that I, you know, I was making money. I was yeah. Doing thing. And so as a way to, um, oh, and uh, uh, I think she actually performs in the drag show and one of the characters, oh one of the drag queens is voiced by RuPaul. That's um, incredible. But um, at the very end, like Homer ends up dressing in drag to like, I guess, apologize or her. something. Yes. Oh my so, gosh. Anyway. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Staying on this tangent for one more second, I watched okay. Beauty Shop the other night because I haven't watched it in forever and I used to watch it all the time growing up because I love Queen Latifah. And I never realized that when the um, when the other uh, uh, ladies working in the salon were um, thinking that the one guy working at the salon was gay, they started singing one of RuPaul's songs. And I never knew that was like a real song. I never, I don't think I really knew RuPaul back then. And, but then I was just watching it and I was like, oh my God, that's RuPaul's song that they're singing right now. Wow. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. 
That's great. Yeah. Um, yes. So, I mean, yeah. we're, we're primarily a true crime and like creepy podcast, but sober encouragement will creep in every now and again because yes. mocktails. I mean, yeah. And I mean, it's yeah. half of our name, Malice yeah. and Mocktails. So yes. we are here to support you and your journey. Yes. Yes. And uh, yeah, well, that's, I think that's all I have. Um, yep. So. <laughs> yep. Fantastic episode, Katie. Hey. Five stars. Five stars. Um, <laughs> I don't think I have anything. And again, we're recording early, so this can be available when we're on vacation. So. Yes. Um, we are trying yes. to be on top of it. Yes. Um, so yeah, if you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoy our content in general, please, um, rate and review us on, uh, Apple podcasts, Spotify. Um, we 100% appreciate you all listening, um, to support the podcast and we do have a Patreon. We are, um, we offer early release and are trying to get back, um, to our bonus content and yes. um, we, I need to order more stickers, um, but you can join, I think it's like $2 a month, um, or you can Woo! choose to pay. Um, I don't think, I I think Patreon does have like a minimum. I don't set the minimum. I think they do. Um, but again, if, you know, that's not your thing, that's totally fine. We 100, like I said, if we all, if you want to support us by listening and sharing with your friends, that is amazing. That's great. Yes. Yes. We couldn't be, we couldn't be happier. Yes. Um, yeah. So I think that's it. And mm -hmm. we will catch you next time. Oh, um, Emily, where can they find us? Do you know? That is a very good question. You can find us um, mostly on Instagram and TikTok as well um, at Malice and Mocktails. And yes. Katie also runs the Twitter um yeah but i not don't super think active. she's super active on that yeah but, like we, yeah. We, it's there and i'll i usually try to just cross post um uh what you call it um when i post instagram i'll just have it like automatically post to twitter so uh but that's malice and mocks if you want to yeah. go there yeah and also you can email us yes uh, at malice and mocktails at gmail.com. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just did finger guns. You didn't hear it, but I just like. <laughs> <you. laughs> oh my God. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go and we will catch you next time. Bye, make good choices. Bye.